0: Welcome to the Will You Grow Show, where we're going to go live here discussing your thoughts on topics as well as taking questions and giving you some high, middle, and low road options for you to consider implementing in your life. We feature topics to tickle your tempestuous thought, fan your eternal flame, and salve your soul with hope, fresh perspectives, and options. So we'll first start by launching into a live reading of a topic here that's going to be very appropriate for our new year. The topic for today is how to keep our resolutions real. So resolutions are infamous for not working, so much so that many of us don't make them and are so disheartened when hearing them that we roll our eyes and think, ugh, Right, that's not going to happen. Even if resolutions fail, we are not helpless or failures. Whenever we make a resolution or promise, there is part of us that truly wants to succeed. Yet, the key to success is stick-to-itiveness. It is to get to know that part of us that does not want to exceed. What, we may be thinking? Of course, I want to succeed and exceed and fulfill my resolutions to lose 20 pounds, quit drinking, eat healthy, and exercise. However, if this was true and 100% of our whole heart was on board with this, we would have done it already. Soak that in. I'll say it again. If we were 100% wholeheartedly on board with this, we would have done it already. So the sooner we accept and work with this fact, the more quickly and effectively we will succeed. So let's get real with your bad self. To prove to yourself whether you're 100% wholeheartedly in for success or at some percentage in for failure, ask Is there any part of me that is or was not willing to keep this resolution? Ooh, it bites a little, doesn't it? All right, so take time to truly listen to those innermost thoughts and feelings, but without criticism. Hmm. Makes a person feel kind of curious, doesn't it? I wonder what that's about, that part of me that doesn't want me to succeed. Hmm. Feel the sensations in your body. Is there a part of you that feels irritated, angry, frustrated, unwilling, unsupportive, uncri- or critical? This is the part that does not want to succeed. This part is. Equally important and just as powerful as the part that does want to succeed. It cannot be squashed. It cannot be denied, forced, ignored, pummeled, punished, or made to go away. Not even with all the positive thinking that we can muster. It will kick our backside. Every failed resolution is proof positive. So what if, what if part of us isn't willing to keep our resolution? Now what? Well, we can revise our resolution by asking, what would it take for me to be all in? Hmm. Or we can create a new resolution by answering the question, what would all of me like to change? What would all of me like to change? about me, my life, whatever. The key there is all of me. What would all of me like to change? What will we get from what we quit? Whenever we let go of an old habit, it can be easy to focus on what we are losing. We may no longer get the solace of that quick sex, the drugs, the rock and roll that we once relied upon. We may even fall into feeling sorry for ourselves because we are missing out on what we used to get from what we think we want to quit. This type of thinking has led many a person back to the old habit. If instead we focus on what we get from what we quit, such as self respect, health, the ability to care for our families and ourselves, We can save ourselves from the heartbreak of negativity and failure. What I did. I believe that each of us can improve something in our life. We all know intuitively what we need to do. We just don't always do it. So far in life, I've let go of my most unhealthy behaviors, so now I'm on to what would seem like smaller stuff. One of my three resolutions from years ago was to quit drinking coffee or at least regulate it in moderation. Although not all of me wanted to quit. And no, I'm not the woman who carries a carafe with her wherever she goes, but I do enjoy the smell and the rich flavor of thick espresso-like coffee. However, I discovered that it caused this body That I'm living in to create an acid fireball in my throat. Oh, it had other negative side effects in me too, like a growling stomach, a headache, anxiousness, and heartburn. And although it tasted good and I enjoy its warmth, that's not reason enough for me to cause myself such pain over warm brown water. So instead of medicating myself with prescriptions to allow me to continue to imbibe coffee and ignore what my body was telling me, I said to myself, Okay, then. I won't drink coffee. Damn it. In a sidebar, I did go to the doctor. And the doctor said, Here, take this prescription. Now you'll be able to drink coffee. If you'd have seen the list of side effects, you'd be shocked. but lots of people do it. So even though I said I would quit, I still asked myself the all-important question for success. I asked, is there any part of me that is not willing to quit drinking coffee? And there it was inside of me, resistance. I felt a host of signs and symptoms to show me that No, all of me was not on board. I felt like a teenager who'd been told that they were grounded. I was irritated and heard myself thinking, Haven't I given up enough already? Can't I have this little pleasure? And then I laughed a bit, knowing that this little pleasure was also causing me a significant amount of pain. Then I asked a follow-up question. What would it take for all of me to be wholeheartedly willing to quit? I listened patiently for about 30 seconds, which seems like an hour, and I answered the question, well, something warm that tastes good. Hmm. Is there anything else? I asked, and I heard, I need to know that life is better without coffee. We cannot take away something enjoyable, like coffee or whatever else, without replacing it. This is key. If we do take something away without replacing it, we run a very high risk of returning to the old behavior. So, to appease the part of me that desired to drink something warm that tastes good, I now drink hot water with a variety of flavors. Spiced apple, lemon, apple cider vinegar, decaf herbal tea, or hot almond milk with honey and cinnamon, or maple sugar, or nutmeg, or allspice. Quite tasty. Ah, good and good for me. To appease the part of me that doubted that life would be better without coffee, I chose to praise for, pray for and praise. Pray and praise for faith every time I had a craving, and I asked that any craving that is not in my highest good be released, and my faith was increased. Having previously given up things that were much more difficult than coffee, like donuts, gluten, unhealthy relationships with men who cause significantly more pain than acid reflux. (laughs) Giving up coffee was a breeze in comparison. Over the year that I had quit coffee, my GI tract healed significantly. Also, food began to taste better without the flavor of all that stomach acid. The fireball feeling in my throat went away. My stomach quit grumbling, and my overall energy improved, and the headaches and anxiety were nearly non-existent. Months into the resolution and feeling better, I decided to drink one half of a small white styrofoam cup's worth of black coffee. Not due to blind craving for it, but because I sensed that a little bit for me would be okay. Although this is not an option for people who are quitting things to which they are heavily addicted, where having even a little bit would never work, it would never be enough, this worked for me. Over the course of that year, I drank a total of 10 small white styrofoam cups of coffee. And I slowly savored each one. Now, having practiced and succeeded at eliminating multiple unhealthy habits, It makes it easier to look optimistically at the opportunity to succeed again. And knowing life, I will be given more opportunities for which I am ready and willing to make the best choice. It always gives us opportunities, doesn't it? The combination of these tools worked for me and my clients. As I mentor people in willpower and empowerment, I have found that asking good questions... Patiently waiting for answers and replacing unhealthy choices with healthy ones helps them to focus on what they can get from the quit. These prayers and these requests and these things that we do have healed many hearts, habits, and homes. I ask you to resolve to be empowered. At the heart of honing our willpower and becoming empowered, is the opportunity for each of us to apply it well. Not by forcing ourselves to do things that part of us does not want to do. Not by running from the discomfort or fear. Instead, by focusing and applying our willpower to courageously follow through on what is best. When we, by choice, choose to be and do what is best, regardless of our fears and desires, we become truly great. Now, to take some questions from all of this wonderful stuff that we just got to talk with talk about. These are some questions from our viewers and listeners. Okay. The question, won't power is my problem. What do I do with that? <laughs> So instead of willpower, George has an issue with won't power. (laughs) George, this is a good question. Willpower and won't power stem from the same source. Power. There's simply power. If we choose an inspiring reason why, the why will I do this, then becoming something and inspiring the won't power is less active. So it would be like an analogy of, um, we have a beautiful day, but on that day, it's sunny and it's also cloudy. And sometimes the cloud goes over the sun. The, I will power of, I want to have a beautiful, enjoyable day is saying that sun is gorgeous. What a beautiful day. The I won't power of having a beautiful day says, oh, there are some clouds coming up in the sky. I'm sure they're going to cover the sun. I bet it's going to be cloudy later today and it might even rain. So if we focus on the I will power and ignore the I won't power because we don't want to go there, it's not denial. It's just choosing where to focus. So I hope that helps to maybe give you another option there. Write back later, George. Let us know how it went. The next question is from Duncan. When it comes to alcohol, I don't have willpower. Well, Duncan, I took a little opportunity to even write something for you here. I want you to know that I appreciate your honesty. It's good to know what it is that's causing us some dilemmas. If we do things often, they become a habit. When we habitually feel sad, bad, mad, or otherwise unhappy, our desire to escape these feelings can drive us to drink or otherwise distract ourselves from the pain. Although it may sound simple, often by adding more healthy fun to our lives, it can be a real step to making change. Are you willing to add more activities to your life that bring joy? Are you? Are you willing to add more acti- activities to your life that bring joy? And I'm not talking about drinking as a joy. <laughs> I'm talking about a healthy activities. Do you know what's a healthy activity for you that can bring you joy? It might be something you did as a child that you haven't done in a while. Maybe it's flying a kite. Maybe it's building a sandcastle. Maybe it's taking a hike in the woods. Maybe it's chopping wood. Maybe it's fixing the motor in your car. Who knows what it might be, but it's going to be different for everyone. The more joy that we can add that is healthy to our lives, it automatically takes away the desire for the temporal or limited or fleeting happiness that comes from alcohol or any of the other numbers of addictions. So add more joy. And bonus, you get to have fun too. Okay, Carol. Carol writes to us and says, Right now, I need willpower. Well, Carol, when we feel tempted, a little perspective can do wonders. See how you can step away from the issue If it's substance, remove yourself from its presence. It's amazing what happens if you have, for example, an addiction to candy bars. And when you go to the grocery store, you choose to not buy any. And then when you go home, there aren't any candy bars to eat. If you remove yourself from the substance that's causing you some dilemma, then automatically you increase your chances of succeeding. Then you can ask yourself, what can I do to take super special care of myself right now? Why is that so important? Because if you're having that craving screaming right here, I want, I want, I want, go one step deeper. Say to yourself, what does that part of me really need right now? And if the answer is candy bar, you haven't gone deep enough. (laughs) What's beneath the candy bar? It's usually a need to, oh, I feel lonely or I need some love. I need a hug. I need to feel cared for. I need a warm blanket. I need a nap. It's something simple. Well, ask yourself what that simple little something is and do it right now. And I don't mean, oh, okay, I know that I need to take a nap, so I'm going to uh, wait until the end of the day and take a nap. No. Say you have to go to the bathroom <laughs> if you're at work and go out to your car and take a 15-minute nap. Whatever you have to do, if you're having a craving for something that's going to take you down an unhealthy road, give yourself the right to feed that need in a healthy way right now. Because by the time it's gotten to the craving stage where it's screaming at you, you are dealing with a high level of pressure and anxiety and fear and uh, things that will lead you down a path that will often lead to some sort of destruction in your life. So just take that break, find out what you really need on a deeper level and give it to yourself because you can. All right, next question. I love to eat, she says. This is anonymous. Even before I've finished breakfast, I'm thinking about my next meal or snack. I can't stop thinking about food. Well, anonymous. Going off of our last question, my question to you is, what is it you are really hungry for? What are you really hungry for? It's not donuts. (laughs) It's not candy bars. Because let me guess, after you've eaten a whole meal, your stomach's already full, but you're still wanting, you're still craving. So find out what it is you're really hungry for and give yourself that. It sounds easy, but it can be challenging. If you said you were really hungry for sweets, pizzas, pickles, prunes, or overpriced sushi, as I wrote to you, These things will only feed our stomachs. When our stomachs are plumb full and we still desire to eat, we know we're hungry for something other than food. So what's the hunger beneath the desire for food? When we search our soul, we may find that we hunger for love, attention, affection, hope, community, connection, or family. When we accept and feed that hunger by choosing healthy activities that make us feel loved and connected, then our food cravings often evaporate, simply like magic. And I can say this firsthand. Next time you're hungry, you might ask yourself, what healthy thing can I do right now that makes me feel loved? And with that, we will close our Will You Grow session for today. (laughs) This is the Will You Grow show where we feature topics to tickle your tempestuous thought, fan your eternal flame, and salve your soul with hope, fresh perspective, and options. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And until then, always with love.